Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. St. Peter, at the end of the epistle passage for today, concludes saying, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. We don't have a king here in America, but they still do over across the pond in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, a fact that you may have been reminded of yesterday from all the news coverage of the coronation of King Charles III. Uh, The subject of British royalty may not be your cup of tea, but a lot of people find it fascinating um, as monarchy is such a vanishing form of government in our time. If you watch the coronation ceremony, I've watched the whole thing on YouTube, you may have been surprised to have seen and heard several things that you'll also see and hear this morning in our liturgy, even some of the exact same words and phrases, some of. And that's because the British coronation service is all set within the context of an Anglican liturgy, what they call the Holy Communion service normally. There was a lot of Ceremony, obviously, focused on imbuing the king with all of his symbolic regalia, including the crown, from which the coronation gets its name. Uh, He was anointed with holy oil. Uh, There was kneeling before him and paying him homage. But all this was festooned around and set within a Eucharistic liturgy context, and uh, basically has the same shape as ours. It had a Kyrie and a Gloria, an epistle and a gospel reading, even a homily, uh, an offertory, a Eucharistic prayer with a Sanctus and an Agnus Dei and the Lord's Prayer and all that. Uh, But interestingly, despite the many prayers, many prayers prayed during that service, which thankfully explicitly acknowledged Charles's kingship to be only modeled after and a, a mere shadow of the true kingship of Jesus Christ, Charles was, in practice yesterday, shown greater dignity and honor and pomp through the actions of the presiding Anglican bishops than Christ seemingly was. I mean that there was none of the kneeling, incensing, bell ringing, or other very intentional reverencing and worshiping that we rightly offer to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament of the Altar. Within the Anglican sphere, There's not a consensus or unity of theology regarding the Eucharist, and so there's not a uniformity of practice among them either. But at the very highest organizational level of that Anglican sphere, the Archbishop of Canterbury celebrating communion at the royal coronation, the practice we saw, if it correlates with theology, indicates a fairly weak notion of the presence of Christ on the altar. That wasn't always the case at that altar, however, and the Anglican heritage, which largely built our current liturgy of the Rite of St. Tikhon, has finally found a congenial home in the Orthodox Church, where our theology and our practice are finally fully Orthodox, where we can and do acknowledge the full yet mysterious presence of Jesus Christ on this altar in body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we both reverence and worship him here, not only with our minds, but our bodies too, kneeling before him, honoring him with, at the very least, the same honor that Charles received yesterday from his subjects, but giving Christ also our whole hearts and souls as well. Nevertheless, the regalia 
symbolism, pomp, and ceremony that are still invested in the figure of the monarch in Britain may be one of the last places that many Anglicans now, many Britons, maybe even billions of people around the world as they tuned in to watch, will still be able to witness and contemplate the notions of what C.S. Lewis called the vital elements of citizenship, and I think of humanity. Loyalty, the consecration of secular life, the hierarchical principle, splendor, ceremony, continuity, which he thought were all crucial for trickling down to irrigate the dust bowl of modern economic statecraft. The dry secular world is so consumed with the production and consumption of disposable stuff and the governments which fight with each other and with their own citizens to regulate that production and consumption. It's all horizonless. It's all vanity, as the teacher in Ecclesiastes says. But he and St. Peter come to the same conclusion about all of that. From Ecclesiastes, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. From St. Peter this morning, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. In other words, be good citizens in whatever form of government you're under by simply following the commandments of God and fearing him. That is, constantly remembering his majesty and your own smallness in comparison. That will produce in us humility, which will make our souls capable of loving God properly. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, says the proverb. It's the foundation upon which we build up to the true love of God. It's why we bow, genuflect, incline our heads, cover with veils, offer incense, and do all the other things that we do. We tremble before the majesty of God, or at least we're trying to train ourselves to do that. Though we are currently in the not seeing him uh, phase that Jesus describes today in the gospel, that birth-giving time when we have travail and sorrow, it will indeed be only a little while, as he says, before we do see him with unveiled faces and rejoice with a joy that can never be taken away from us. And even here and now, we can mercifully, through the sacrament, see him every Sunday and even receive him into our mouths, our bodies, that as his throne descends from heaven to our altar, he may also set up his throne within each of us that we may carry him as image bearers out into this world and establish his reign wherever he leads us. Who, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, liveth and reigneth God, world without end. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.